Warning, this podcast contains criticism of a film it's perfectly normal to love unconditionally. There's two rude words in it, but they're not two of the worst ones. Context note, this was recorded in 2016. It wasn't summer yet, Zootopia was brand new, Moana remained a mystery over the horizon, the latest Star Wars was The Force Awakens, and Ghostbusters wasn't out yet. Hello, you appear to have opted to listen to two grown men talk about the Disneyest, princessest animated film ever made. And you've probably noticed that we're going to do so for rather a long time. Let's be clear from the outset, this will be a lengthy, grown-up, in-depth exploration of Disney's Frozen, with spoilers carried out by two men who are unashamed to wave the love they have for cartoons and Disney and musicals and frivolity around like a special sparkly banner, but who do so in a deadly, serious and mature sort of a way. Ladies, so if you think your constitution can handle that, then join us! Hello! We're going to be talking about Frozen today, which may seem ill-advised because it's quite an old film now. Uh, I'm Dave Bulmer and I'm here with my friend... Jahan Rana Singh. More about whom you'll hear in a moment. And uh, we're here to talk about this because it's been... I don't know about you anyway, but it's been hanging over my head. We saw Frozen together... At the cinema. Yes. When it came out. Yes. We set out... How long ago was it? It was years ago. 2011. Mid-2011, was it? I think. Yeah. That long ago, we wanted to watch all, at the time, I think 50 <sighs> Disney classics. Yeah, 50. Which is not to say films people think are good from Disney, but the official canon list of animated films. From what's made by what is now called Walt Disney Animation Studios, as opposed to any of their other subsidiary tertiary studios. Although along the way, we did end up watching them as well. Yes. (laughs) Um, So what we had essentially was sort of one film roughly per week. We would watch, we would discuss, and then we got through. And we just did it for fun. We just thought it would be a nice thing to do. And when we got to Frozen, we realised we should have been recording. Yeah. Because you guys would have liked to have heard some of the conversations we had. They were interesting. We learned things. Yes. We found out things that we'd taken for granted, like, in our childhoods were wrong. Yeah. Such as certain films being good, <laughs> certain films being bad. Yeah, no, it, that's it, true. It, there was a fair. surprise around every corner. Um, yes. Really, it, it surprised us which ones we liked the most and disliked the most, I think. Um, and we've come out of it with some very strong opinions. It's, oh, yeah. It's difficult to see, or, in, or, or like, you know, even from afar, any discussion of the Aristocats <laughs> um, without needing to jump in and having to wrest ourselves away from the keyboard. Usually this has after happened having to me in. in real life. Yeah. Like, I have overheard people talking about the Aristocats, <laughs> oh, and I have had to rush in and correct them. Yeah. So we might yeah. talk about that on another occasion. But that will mostly just be us swearing for two hours. I think so. And so we came out of Frozen, and we just couldn't stop talking about so many things. We had so many opinions. We had nitpicks. We had things we liked. We had things we didn't like. And we almost deliberately cut the conversation off. We had about ten minutes worth of discussion crammed into a two-minute walk to the yeah. car. And after that, it always felt to me as if if we were going to finish that conversation which I dearly wanted to do because I was bottling it all up inside yeah we would have to have figured out what the podcast was or what have you and we never did so we're just doing this now because we both happen to have watched the film yes more critically but also more forgivingly yes over the last week so consider this an exorcism basically yeah as I'm probably hosting this on either my YouTube channel or something 
Um, probably some of you know who I am. So, Jahan, you introduce yourself instead, and I'll make a cursory introduction in a moment. Right. Uh, I am Jahan Ranasing. I uh, occasionally podcast on um, Schizopolitan, although we are currently on hiatus, so if you go looking for us, then... Because you... one of you has sailed away on a boat. That's actually true. Yes. That's actually the actual reason. literally true. Yeah. So while he's on his naval adventures, <laughs> uh, the Skitspolitan podcast is on hiatus, but you, by all means, go to it and I look suggest up old you episodes. do. Yes. Anyone who's listening to this and hasn't listened to that before, it's, it's worth listening to. It's a good podcast about geeky things and films. I also write occasionally, very sporadically, and. I have a general reputation for being good at talking about things. So, here I am. Yes. You will be the judge of that over yes. the next however long this lasts. So, um, I'm Dave, and I have really no business in talking to you about films at all, um, because I'm a YouTube person whose YouTube isn't about films. But I'm also secretly a cartoonist, and so I do have a good eye for quality in, like, drawings and animation, and I've been a lifelong Disney fan as a result of that. I'm Dave Bulmer, by the way. Uh, that's Demon Tomato Dave on YouTube, if you want to go and see me talk about things. So I also feel that I will be able to be articulate about what is good or bad about an animated film. We're going to talk about Frozen, and it's going to be the conversation we tried to have a long time ago, except this time, we come with more information. We've watched it again. I've watched it with a much more critical eye. Pausing it, like, every few moments yes. to note something down. At some point during this discussion, there will be a semi-chronological going through of what's in it. Yeah. Um... Where do you think we should begin? General overview? General opinion? Because yeah. they ought to know where we're coming from. I think so. Because, I mean, it's not just that we're watching it, like, having recently seen it again. We're watching it again in 2016. Yes. Uh, during which time, A, Frozen has become the biggest animated film of all time. Of all time. And... Without uh, seeming to go, to slide at all from no, that position. exactly. I mean, like, obviously, financially, no one's coming close to it. And culturally, yeah. it has not budged an inch yeah, it feels as if we're almost still in the first flush of like its identity in culture like basically the yeah. kids are still dressing up as it yeah as though it came out yesterday it's... the merchandise is as prevalent on the shelves if as... there was a happy meal of frozen now it wouldn't strike me as weird no it wouldn't and that changes the context that we're mm. talking about it in the other thing that changes the context we're, to we're talking about it is that is the fact that um how many other Disney films have been out since then? Big Hero 6, Zootopia. Uh, that's it. it. That, I guess that's it. Yeah. That's it, yes. Yeah. Um, having those other two Disney films come out since then yep. does change the context in which one views Frozen. Yes. It is no longer the brand new Disney film. Yes. It is part of the broader tapestry of Disney movies. And I'm going to push that glass of water slightly further away from your gesticulating hand. I will gesticulate <laughs> where I want. If I want to gesticulate into that cup of water, I will. <laughs> You can move it to the ends of the earth. I will still knock it open. <laughs> just send a hand. I will. Like Mr. Tickle reaching for a biscuit. <laughs> it's not the first time I've been compared to Mr. Tickle. <laughs> um, but I do think that Frozen takes on a different complexion from no longer being the new Disney film. Yes. Now that we can judge it as part of culture, and as such a big part of mm. culture, I think it looks a bit different now. And, yeah, it's a film that I think we both have quite a... Quite a diverse, mixed yeah. range of opinions on. Absolutely. Oh, and actually, now we're talking about the context of it. I ought to say that I am not going to be able to take two steps at any point in this discussion without comparing it to Tangled. Yeah. And yeah. that was the case then, and it remains the case now, purely yeah. because the films that have come out since just aren't as 
similar. No, they no. are similar films in in many ways, and almost like the sum total of the context of Frozen when it came out was like like here's we're doing the next one after Tangled. Like it was it was very much a step along the same road as Tangled. Yeah, and I'm sure when Gigantic comes out, mm. then we'll have that same conversation again. But Possibly. Like, I don't want to limit the discussion to comparing Frozen to, to no. any one other Disney film, but you can't talk about Frozen without talking about Tangled. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, because that's I've been unable to wrest the two apart in my, in my head and heart. Yeah. Because right from the beginning, it looked like Tangled. The designs yeah. were immediately compared by everyone. Maybe too much like Tangled. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the naming convention, yep. the approach to... The way they've adapted the the fairy tale, yeah. it is clearly, clearly yeah. a sister. I think is going to be the yeah. best word to use to, to Tangled. And part of what's interesting about the changing context of the film is that Tangled, I mean, not really, but comparatively, is forgotten after Frozen. Sort of, and relatively, yes. Yeah. At yeah. the time, there's so much in Frozen that feels like, oh, we did well with Tangled. Let's see if we can do half as well as that again. <laughs> And then it turns out that no one cared about Tangled once Frozen was out. It was yeah, yeah. It, it, it was their roles completely reversed Which in that is way. Very odd. Yeah, but, except for us fuddy duddy old animation fans who all recognise Tangled to be the superior film. Yes, I mean t- <laughs> to show our hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this is. I think it's important that we establish this straight away. In my case, I think that Tangled is nearly perfect, and Frozen isn't. Yeah. It's a good film, and I like it. Yes. I like it. I liked it at first, but I wouldn't really... I would say I liked it, but then. Yeah. When I watched it for the first time at home, which was maybe a year ago... Yeah. I said, mm, it's okay. Yeah. This time, I really like it. Okay. I've, I've, I've really come to accept it in my heart. I've see, I see how all the pieces fit together a lot better now. Yeah. But it's still not as good as Tangled. But of course, I can't entirely promise that that's not because i'm now used to tangled by however many years it's been yeah because i mean i i mean we we also saw tangled together the first time yes i believe and i came out of tangled with a couple of what i now see as nitpicks but well okay but the main one i remember was that you never were on board with the narrated intro and outro and that the outro particularly a lot yeah. of the experience. yeah the, the end the very very last 30 seconds yes. to a minute of Tangled still annoy me slightly. Sure, I find and I don't even know what my opinion of that is. Like, I just edit that off yeah. in my brain um, without trying. But, but yeah, I mean, I came out Tangled with a couple of nitpicks, and I now recognise it as a modern classic. Um, whereas Frozen, I've only seen it the twice. I saw it at the cinema with you, and mm-hmm. I watched it on home media mm-hmm. just last weekend. Like you, I liked it, but at the time. Yeah. And watching it again, I still like yeah. it but i remember i think the first thing i said after the, after we came out of it was it was a uh, you know just a delightful mess yes you know and i kind of feel that way about it now yeah what i went through with tangled this week was that i went frozen. in frozen sorry i am going to do that throughout <laughs> this abby has had to correct me on this multiple times in the last couple of weeks i keep calling it tangled i'm terribly sorry frozen the ice one the ice one the Snow Queen. I yes. don't, you know, that's an interesting thing. I don't want to call it the Snow Queen. I've actually, I've written down a note about this. Here's what I wrote down. And this is going to happen now and then. I'm going to read a note just verbatim because it's easier for me to get my thoughts out. I am familiar with Tangled by this point and a big part of me still thinks it should be called Rapunzel. But yes. I don't think this should be called the Snow Queen. Um, it could be because it has a Snow Queen in it. Yeah. 
But other than that, it's a different story than The Snow Queen. There are, however, four separate reasons I can think of for this film to be called Frozen. Yeah. And it refers to them all. It's a good name for the film. And then as a little note to myself at the end, I put, I'll be extremely surprised if I end up being able to say the same for Gigantic. Yes. And I have the prediction that the character of Jack will say, that's gigantic, (laughs) as a quirky word for things being good. Uh, I wrote that, I think, the week we heard that Gigantic was going to be called that. uh, So like a synonym for tubular. Yes. And I was very sceptical about it. And I'm now in the position of not being so sceptical about it, but having no more information yeah. and just being like, oh, whatever, let's not get a knickers in the twist. No. <laughs> I suspect that title will be there as part of a branding exercise uh, yes. and will have no bearing on the actual film. Yeah, Not so with Frozen, though. It is, as no, you say... tons of things in it. Tangled is a Rapunzel movie with a twist, yep. but not enough of a twist that it's not a Rapunzel movie. Yeah. The Frozen- and also, it's not Tangled enough. It's not like a complicated relationship story, no, which exactly. that name seems to denote. Yeah, whereas Frozen- It makes it sound like a romantic comedy. It do- And I think that's what they Well, I think so, as. but the weird thing is that the reason given f- to us for why they didn't call it Rapunzel yeah. was because people might think of it as a girls' film. Well, no, that wasn't their stated reason. Wasn't that was it? the actual reason. Oh. <laughs> they were saying it was because, oh, well, if we called it Rapunzel, then it would be saying it was just Rapunzel's story. But no, it's it's oh, her and okay. Flynn Rider's story and their, you know, their fates are tangled they together. Are, so uh, okay. It's a two-hander, so okay. we need to have a title that reflects the fact it's a two-hander and not a solo film. Bollocks. It's, okay. <laughs> it's a Rapunzel movie. Yeah. Um, I would love it to be called. I wish I could just splice Rapunzel. Because there is a country. I can't remember which country. But there's like, a few. I yeah. I was traveling around the time Tangled came out. And I re- was in a country at least at one point where they were advertising it as Rapunzel. And it's got the same font. Yes. It's the same logo, but it says Rapunzel. You could cut that out and put it on your Blu-ray. Yeah. Fortunately, Frozen does not require you to do that. Nope. Um, but... As we've seen, we keep relating these two films together, yes. but that's that's because they are very they are very very they come from the same gene pool. I would also I would I know you're not as big a fan of it. Yeah, I would put Enchanted in that gene pool as well. Okay, um, yeah, okay. Title from a title perspective, yeah, as well. Okay, yeah. Like I see people. Do you know what people will be reacting with shock at the moment to the fact that I the revelation that I wasn't massively into Enchanted. I just want to say that I. Uh, on that topic, I loved the animated bits. Yes. And I basically thought that the live action bits were like... A bit Disney Channel. Just any... Yeah. yeah. Disney Channel's the exact way. Anything yeah. on Disney Channel. Yeah. With a terrible resolution that was that made me cross. That they all just swapped husbands and it was fine. <laughs> I will actually come back to that. Okay. Uh, as regards. Frozen. Well, exactly. <laughs> One of the fears I had watching it was like, are they doing this? And she's in it again? Is this going to happen again? And then I was really interested in what they actually did. But anyway. I think I'll be disagreeing with you on that later. Right. Um, but, like I say, I would see Enchanted, Tangled, Frozen yep. as a sort of genealogy of an evolution of Disney's approach to reclaiming the idea of a fairy tale movie and yes. the idea of a princess movie. Yes. Because they realised in... Whenever it was, the mid nineties, mm-hmm. that the the fairy tale princess thing, even then, mm-hmm. was getting a little bit tired. They were getting a little bit typecast with yeah. it. They couldn't just keep doing, even though they hadn't really made a film in in that no. period that would suggest people were fatigued of it. Like the only one they really made in that period was um, 
that, that really fits that mould was Beauty and the Beast, which yeah. is their masterpiece potentially. Yeah. And even but to that point, even then, Belle felt like an attempt to not do your usual Disney princess. Absolutely, yeah. And the weird thing about Disney princesses, which I think we kind of discovered when we watched the animated classics canon, yeah, is that they're almost a myth. There's like three. Yeah. And out of like a lot of years, many decades of making these films, they've had to kind of struggle to make the Disney princesses line to fill it up with Disney princesses. Oh, yes. But the way they've done that with branding has successfully, but also in a bad way, yes. um, changed the course yes. of cultural conversation yes. about Disney princesses. Yes. And they were aware of that in the mid-90s, which mm-hmm. is why the films they subsequently made tried to move away from that a little bit. Um then they had their slump in the 2000s, yes. uh, hitting the, the rock-frigging bottom of Chicken Little. Yes. Which, <laughs> a film that when we watched it, we had, we, like there were four of us in the room, yep. we mutually agreed we had, had to pause it after 20 minutes. Yeah. Because we were all so stressed out about yeah. how cross we were. It was like, and I've never done this, but it was like what it must be like to have had too much Red Bull. Or yes. Something. We were... That both the film in the way it presents itself and the effect it had on us. Yeah. We were nearly ricocheting off the walls <laughs> with all the emotions we were feeling. All bad ones. Yeah. It was very, very, very stressful and we needed an arrest. We were very worried during Chicken Little. Yeah. But while they were doing that, yeah. and, you know, deliberately away from all the princess stuff, DreamWorks were raising that whole thing to the ground. Yes. With Shrek yes. in a bonfire of Shrek, yes. cynicism. Looking back at Shrek now, it feels like they kind of wanted to make a Disney film. It feels gentler than it did at the time. Yes, it At does. the time, it felt like an evisceration of oh, Disney yeah. tropes. Yeah, it did. Um, and it was successful in yes. being that. It no made... one ever, f- until Frozen, really, yeah. was prepared to put up with Disney fairy tales Disney again. nonsense again. Yeah. Um, Except us and people like us, and you know, yes, but the, the 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 marketplace, as it were. What I'm saying though is that the marketplace wouldn't have got to that mm-hmm. without first Enchanted and then Tangled. What yeah. Enchanted did yep. Yep. was Definitely. Disney reclaimed the yep. tropes of the princess and the fairy tale movie under the under cover of it yep. being their own parody. Yeah, so it's like we're doing a Shrek thing, but we're actually secretly yep. doing it in such a way that. So as not to make you laugh at these tropes, but to remind you of why you yeah. loved them in yeah. the first place. To make you miss them. The, the, yeah. the opening, I've always thought, was masterful. And it yeah. was so exactly like a real Disney film. And I don't think there was anyone in that audience who didn't just get some glimmer of a little heart in their eyes yes. watching that intro. absolutely. And that was... Abs- I don't think they could have made Tangled if they hadn't done that first. Yep, agreed. Yep. What Tangled then did was take the idea that, okay, you've been gently reminded of fairy tale stuff. We tried to capitalise on that with The Princess and the Frog, which is brilliant, oh, but... Oh, poor old Disney. It's so to, sad. But too, they came... Such a good film. They came on too strong. Yeah. They came on too strong. Yeah. They, they, un, they overestimated how ready audiences were to be plunged straight yeah. face first back into all that fairy tale stuff. Tangled and was 2D a, was a part of that. And 2D was a part of that. Tangled was a course correction. Tangled was yep. a... Okay, too much. We'll do the fairy tale stuff. We'll take away the threatening fairy tale title yeah. and we will inject some modern sensibilities into it. And not modern sensibilities in the Shrek way yeah. of like, you know, 
jokes about Michael Eisner and dicks. Yeah. But in the we're going to try and characterize these people as modern souls mm-hmm. in fairy tale bodies yep. and start trying to deal with social issues and issues of modern identity and personality that are uniquely 21st century. Mm-hmm. We got a Disney film in which the villain was a, a genuinely recognizable, mm. abusive parent whose primary weapon is passive aggression. Yeah. That was not something that you would ever have seen from Disney yeah. before that point. The fact that there was no point at which she started conjuring up black magic stuff, you know what no. I mean? Was, is it the... F- it, I'm trying to think, oh, I suppose, oh, the stepmother in Cinderella didn't do any magic at the end of the day, so... No, but she was also not a real person no, in, in any that's sense. The thing, yeah. Whereas Mother Gothel in Tangled yeah. is terrifyingly yeah. a real person. Absolutely real, someone recognisable to, thankfully, not everyone. Yes. Um, and I, I actually think that uh, there is a sort of a divide. I think there's a lot of people who didn't see the worth of that villain yeah. because they're unaware it's real. Yes, exactly. Um, Whereas, you know, I mean, we know people... For the record, none of our parents are nope. that. And <laughs> particularly if any of our parents are listening, <laughs> no, yeah. that wasn't you. But we do know... But we have met people with those parents, yes. and if not, look, we're on the internet now, we've all heard stories about them. Exactly, um, yeah. And that was so brave of them yep. to do that. And... As it turns out, that was a a portent of future bravery to come in Mm. terms of really, really starting to get into tackling modern social issues and the reality of the world as it is today, even through fairy tale or other kind of fanciful medium. So you you follow the lineage there from Enchanted to Tangled. Frozen was the next part of that. And in terms of on paper, it does it does carry that through. I would say it is an even more traditional fairy tale. Entangled is. Yeah. There's more of a sincerity to Frozen than there is... No, no that's not the right word. Tangled is in, is in no way an insincere film. There's more naive wide-eyedness to yeah. Frozen. Yeah, Tangled always has... A wink. Flynn in it. For example. Who is there to be the wink. And yeah. And he was a masterpiece because they yeah. got the tone, it didn't feel Shrek-y. Yeah. Um, but it's there. And yes. in Frozen, you just have... Two completely committed characters. Yeah. Who, that thing you just said, that wide-eyedness. Yeah, the doe-eyed, yeah. innocent thing. And even the funny character, the, the funny sort of iconoclastic characters in Frozen, mm-hmm. they're still playing within the structure of a quite wide-eyed fairy tale as opposed to undermining and commenting sarcastically Could on... it be, actually, that Tangled sits a bit closer to its audience than Frozen does, in the sense yes, that... it does, yeah. yeah. Tangled is acknowledging they're there a bit more. Frozen is more asking you to go on the magical journey into yeah. fairy tale land and fairy tale attitudes and fairy tale morality. Not all the way, mm-hmm. like Princess and the Frog did. Mm-hmm. And again, Princess and the Frog is brilliant. Yeah. If you've if not, you've seen, not it, seen it, go and freaking watch it. <laughs> it's very, very good. I would say... If you're listening to this, pause it and go watch it first because, yeah. look, I don't think this is going to be a bad recording, but it's not going to be as good as Princess and the Frog, no. is it? Oh, no, no, no. Everyone get on board with the Princess and the Frog. It's time to allow it into your life. Yes. I think it's probably on Netflix. I feel like it was at one I point. Th- it was. Yeah. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. Go and buy it. Oh, go and buy it. Get the Blu-ray. Yes. It's the, actually, the Blu-ray for the Princess and the Frog is the Blu-ray that I showed people when I was initially excited about Blu-ray yes. as a for- and, and HD-ness as a format in general. I think that sold me on it. Yeah. Because yeah. I showed you the, um, the outdoor party scene where yeah. you can 
really pick out all the different costumes. It's like, holy crap, yeah, yeah. 1080p is good. Yeah, Princess of Rock. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! But... Frozen. Hooray! <laughs> Frozen is less thoroughbred yep. a fairy tale than Princess and the Frog is. Yeah. But it's definitely more... And less effort has gone into its general world, I think. Yeah, I, w- I would say that. I would say that New Orleans in in Prince of the Frog is a much more realised and robust setting, I think, than, than Arendelle. Arendelle, yes, which is basically a, se- a series of rooms. Uh, yeah, um, um, it's 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 odd the scale that it exists at because you keep seeing the whole town but never f- feeling like you're there. There is a very interesting point about that that is I there. will get into later. Lovely. Okay. Um, I like Frozen's wholehearted sincerity. Yes, I about do. being a fairy tale. Yep. I think it is, I mean, there's no thinking about it that the, the, the financial numbers back me up. Mm-hmm. It is very obviously the most a 21st century audience has ever bought into. Yeah. The idea of a fairy tale as being a thing that's still yeah. relevant yeah. in the 21st century. And, and it does that by being a fairy tale in all of the ways that are important, but not being a fairy tale in all of the ways that are important mm. as well. Like, it doesn't have that winking thing to it. That Like, it's not a bad thing about Tangled, but it no. does... It's There's a flippancy to it. Yeah. That's the reason I don't like the ending of Tangled, because yeah. I find the ending of Tangled is very flippant. And you know what? Sometimes I don't need you to be flippant, especially if for a Disney fairy tale movie. Sometimes I just want to be swept up in tears yeah. and magic. And I say that as a bearded 30-year-old yeah, man. Yeah. The world needs that. That was the greatest crime that Shrek committed. And mm-hmm. it didn't mean to do it in that scorched-earth way that it no. did. <laughs> but it tricked everybody into thinking that that was naff old hat stuff. Yeah. That society as a whole didn't need anymore. Mm. And, I mean, worse still, that what we needed instead was yeah. celebrity voices uh. and pop songs. Do you know what, though? Everything, every... Because, by the way, I, listener, was angry at Shrek for quite a while. Not when it first came out. I've, I've enjoyed it in the cinema. Yeah. But, like, when we got to Shrek 3. Yes. And they had... Well, look, everyone who went to see Shrek 3 was angry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't go to see Shrek 3, so I actually still haven't seen it. I don't know what it was like. But it's crap. in terms... <laughs> Of the way that they just ground cartoons under yeah. its heel. Yeah. And and I don't think they meant to. No, I don't think they did. Certainly not setting out. They Maybe... were trying to just do a different yeah. type of cartoon. I think by the time of Shrek 3 and Shrek 4, they knew that they were just like on top. And if they kept doing it, it was good for them. And yeah. I think by that time, it got a bit cynical. But the fact that it did either coincide with or contribute to Disney's like bad phase yeah it felt like something had been taken away from us that was important it not be taken away yeah and everything was cynical for so long including disney who had to like they felt like they had to play catch up exactly and it wasn't until they suggested to themselves well maybe we should just do the thing we're good at instead yeah and then they're just they're on top again yes exactly and frozen was the final piece of the archway yeah. in that regard it society went through about probably about a 20, 25-year period, of oh, which God. Shrek was like the, the you know, the nadir, yeah. where we started to think like, no, that's outdated. We, yeah. It's not a thing we can do anymore. Yeah. And Frozen completed the rehabilitation of that. But for all of Shrek's crimes, if we allow them <laughs> to be crimes, what we have to admit to ourselves, and I've just been coming to terms with this recently, is that they nicked them all from Aladdin. Mm. Disney did it first. They did do it first. And all of it, 
worked wonderfully if it had been the only film with it in. Yeah. It had celebrity voices winking at the fact that it was a fairy tale that an audience was watching. It had that sarcasm in it. Pop culture jokes. Yes. You know. All that stuff. But it was great because it was the one that did that. And it was still that... working in within the structure rather than trying to tear the structure down. Yes. And the fact that it was bookended by films that were traditional Disney films in a sense, even though Pocahontas... Oh no, it was Lion King. It was Lion King. There yeah. you go. So that's perfect. I almost wish they'd reacted to Lion King instead of Aladdin, but they, they sort of followed through, through on Aladdin. Yeah. Mind you, it makes sense because when they made Lion King, um, what's his name, the DreamWorks fella? Katzenberg? He wasn't on board with the Lion King, was he? But he no, he But he was like with, that. like, Aladdin. They, yeah. they all thought that, that Lion King was the one that nobody would care about. Yeah. In much the same way it feels like when they were making Frozen, they assumed nobody would care about it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's... Honestly, I didn't think people would no. when it came out. I was... Well, look, there, is, there isn't a person in the world who wasn't astonished by, yeah. by Frozen's success. And anybody who says that they <laughs> predicted that is just 100% lying. There was nobody who saw that coming. Yeah. And it is able to do that because it's building on the groundwork of films like Tangled and Enchanted mm. and so forth. But it must also be given the credit yeah. for the things that it did yep. on its own, of its own accord. Yep. And any time I have a criticism of this film... Yeah, and any time I have a nitpick, or even when I, in, in, when I was at my lowest point of enjoying it, yeah, I have always been on board with the fact that the kids love it. Yeah, because they, I've never seen, not since the Disney Renaissance in the nineties, have I seen kids engage with cartoons to this yeah. extent. They are all dressed as the characters from this film. And yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, yeah, and they love it. It's a good thing. My criticisms are with things in it or its form or whatever yeah. as a thing i'm i'm on board with it well completely. let's talk about what i would define as the two core pillars of frozen that make it work on that level okay number one is the relationship between anna and elsa yes number two is the style of the music okay i would say that those are the pillars yeah. around which Everything that's good about Frozen yep. is built, and everything that is heartfelt and sincere and honest yep. and like kind of magical in that old school Disney fairy tale sense, yep. they're all built around things that are either objectively true about those two aspects of the film or the way the audience has reacted to those two okay. things about the film. Okay, so first pillar then is the sisters. Yeah, I don't think it's any secret in terms of like speaking to any of the people who made the film or any yep. of the people who are the fans of the film. Everything about the relationship between those two characters, honestly, that's what drives the film. It's what drives everything that's good about yep. the film. It's why people have connected with it on such a level. So we've got two female characters there mm -hmm. who I would say are basically unlike any female characters who we'd ever previously had in any previous Disney film and who also feel they fit their roles in the kind of the fairy tale princess context, but they fit them in such a refreshingly original way that it, 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 it nails that sense that Frozen has when it's really working, that you're watching something that is timelessly old, but also completely 21st century mm. at the and same it, time. And it changes the way you think of... 
Isn't it interesting how just by having two princesses, by having them both there, it forces you to actually consider who they are, as opposed to usually in a Disney film, there's the princess or yeah. the heroine or whatever it is. Exactly, and you have to consider like, okay, there's two of them. How are they different from each mm. other? And what parts of the princess archetype yeah. do they individually represent? And then shortly after that, I feel that those are two characters who divulge from archetype mm. very quickly yeah. and just become fully realised characters in and yeah. of themselves. And I think, honestly, the only time they felt generic in the film was like the opening scene where they're kids. Because it's similar to like you know the beginning of Princess and the Frog. Where exactly. Kids. But that's fine. Because yeah. honestly, kids are generic. <laughs> you have Anna... Who, she is the Belle kind of um, mm-hmm. yep. princess. She is the aspirational, ah, what if my my destiny lies for me beyond the horizon type of princess. And then you've got um, main character from Frozen. Elsa. Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> I have trouble. I, I always remember Anna, but Elsa, I do sometimes have to pause and figure out why. I don't um, think that's the film's fault. I think that's our fault. I think that is the film's fault. I'll come do back you? to that okay. later. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. But Elsa is the poised, stately, this-is-what-a-woman-should-be-like version of the princess, which, you know, we see in other films. That idea that a lot of people criticise Disney for, of, like, you have created princess characters to be this unattainable ideal of what a woman is supposed to be like. Right, but in this film, that is part of the story, that the other one can't be like that. Absolutely. Uh, Wait, no, actually, I misspoke there, because even Elsa can't be like that. You but have all those scenes of her trying to be that image. And Absolutely. Then... Both characters take those archetypes and spin real people out of them. Yeah. Both of them, you see how they are stifled, yeah. how they are more than the archetype than they ostensibly fit into, and how they are stifled by the yeah. archetype that they're supposed to fit into. Anna is the dreamer, the the one you know, the what if running out onto the hills, you know, like she would be running out onto the hills yeah. with her arms spread wide. Yeah. But she can't. She's stifled, so you see that reflected in the way that her character comes across in a very relatable way. Mm-hmm. And you also see flaws to her personality based on what a dreamer like that actually looks like in twenty first century real life. Right. She's a shambles <laughs> as a person, you know? And in a good way, though. Like, yeah. she's, she's a likeable shambles yeah. of a human being. Yeah. The, the first time we are properly introduced to her beyond, like, the prologue, she is waking up half asleep mm-hmm. with bed head. Drooling. Drooling. Um, and, you know, most of... I was going to say most of her introductory scenes. Most of her scenes in the entire film are just her kind of, like, klutzing her way through her life. Because... She has no grounding in reality whatsoever. And, like, that's not presented in a sort of, like, what's-her-face-from-Twilight, oh, she's clumsy, sort of, like, (laughs) soul flaw from an otherwise cartoonishly perfect person type thing. No, no, she's an actual wreck. (laughs) She's an actual, like, wreck of a human being. And it's not just for no reason. It's not just as the comedy character. Like, she has been put in that situation to an extent. And... The way by, by not being introduced to people and finding out how to people. Exactly. And because of the nature of the kind of mind she has and the limitations that are put on her, you can see why she's just this skittish, um, completely uncomposed, undignified person who just <laughs> crashes from disaster to disaster in her life. <laughs> but like I say, all in a very endearing way. Yeah. Because Yeah, you, you, you love her more or less straight away. Exactly. Because, I mean, I know people like that. You know, I know, there are real people like that. And yeah. I feel like she is a genuine, modern, 
woman in that sense Mm -hmm. in that whole well she speaks to the the thing that our generation is currently dealing with the fact that we're supposed to be adults yes but can't supposed like oh i'm supposed to adult now yeah right yeah so, and oh, that's her story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you point me to all of the points in my life where I was supposed to have learned how to do any of the things that you, yeah. society, are asking of me? And meanwhile, Elsa is the same story. It's just she's better at pretending. Yeah, but because she's better at pretending, the damage done to her is much deeper. Mm, yeah. Like, she is that person who who has all the pressure put on her to be a certain way, in that way that fairy tales slash Disney, as I say, have been accused of propping up. Mm-hmm. And they are then honestly looking at, okay, here's that archetype. Here's the way that some girls, some women are required to be by society. And here's what it frigging does to them. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff with the way that Elsa's um, dilemma is set up, culminating in Let It Go, obviously, which we'll get to when we talk we about will. the music. Um, everything done with that character is beautiful and heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i would say like the way they use the ice powers as a visual representation of her struggling to keep in herself yeah while everybody is trying to make her be something that she doesn't want to be and that she isn't and the way that it stifles her it's again in the same way that anna is it feels authentic it feels modern do you see what i mean about the way that totally draws from archetype it doesn't undermine any of the archetype that give a story like that power but it can also completely modernizes them and makes it feel like oh okay that's why you make frozen in 2013 Mm. rather than in 1950 whatever well yeah one of the key differences between a like i think sleeping beauty came out in 1950 whatever yeah that was from around then and, and cinderella was i think 1950 or something like that yeah and those films show you a princess and they paint her largely as more or less perfect. Yeah. Even like when those two films, for instance, were trying to show the flaws of their princess, it it still was at such a remove that you could never like, you're just observing them in the distance as these these things that were there. Yeah. It's like you've got a porcelain doll that you've just written like, I have bad breath. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas in this film, you, including... Us, including like men in their thirties, yeah. feel what they do and, yes. and what they go through, yeah. and I- imagine what it would be like. I mean, the coronation scene where she's being made to pick up the thing without her gloves on, yeah, was really visceral for me. Yes, I it felt is. that myself, even though there is no comparison. Nothing comes out of my hands if I have to take my gloves off. But I felt as if I yeah. know exactly what it is. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, that and again, this is the. And that, that is where the real power of Frozen comes from. Mm-hmm. They find the universal contemporary humanity mm-hmm. in what should be a hoary hundreds-year-old story mm-hmm. that shouldn't have any relevance anymore. It shouldn't. The Snow Queen shouldn't... Do you know the story of the Snow Queen? Because I don't. I know it in I know it in very, very broad yeah. vein strokes. There's a I, Snow Queen is about all I can tell you. That, frankly, I think that's about as similar as Frozen is Ew, to yeah. the Snow Queen. I mean, I'm aware of the fact that you know, most of the characters are different, which I'll come to again later. Oh. <laughs> Mostly in terms of the fact that, like, I believe that most of the cast of the Snow Queen are female. Like, almost everyone in the, in the original Snow There's Queen There's one story. exception to that which I know, which is that it's a brother and sister, rather than two sisters. There's mm-hmm. the, and, and neither of them are the Snow Queen. 
Yeah, but I'm sure that the brother is more of, of the damsel. Yes, I think that. he's the one who gets, I think, captured by the Snow Queen and the yeah. other sister goes off to get him. And then pretty much all of the rest of the support cast is uh, is a cavalcade of different female characters. And right. that was, I remember, a point of contention in the lead-up to the film, the fact that, like, okay, you've got two lead females, but all of the rest of the characters right. are dudes and they weren't that in the original fairy tale. Right. And I agree that that's a problem. And mm-hmm. I'll come back to that. Okay. Um... Promise? But, yes, yes, I will. Um, but in terms of Anna and Elsa, that's the power of those two characters, and the way they interact, I think, is is lovely. Yeah, as well, because they are both coming from, they are both drawn from a, a universal center, mm-hmm. but they're just extrapolating in different directions, and you feel that when they come together, you feel yeah. that when they really have a moment to be together and connect. They connect in a really, really nice, yeah, charming, they, warm way. And in that, and we're talking about just before the coronation, or is For it just a, after? Just after the coronation, yeah. yeah. It was nice to see them allowed to connect like that. Yeah, exactly. In a way that's casual mm. and human, mm. you know? And this is a thing that seems to be a growing trend in film in general, particularly in Disney-associated film. They seem to be rarely these days, in especially in this era of, like, cinematic universe building hooked into the idea that you build from character first Mm -hmm. if you get the audience to like the people in the film then that's 90 percent of your battle and i think at the time i would have said i don't know if i'd say this now Mm. but when i first saw frozen i felt like that was all there was the the characters yeah was the majority of what was in the film yeah things happen in the film it's not like there isn't a plot but you don't care about it as much as you care about just seeing these two women be in the films or 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 any of the people like they're just yeah. they're good company. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a central like dictate from Disney HQ right now going down to all their divisions, telling them nail that first. Disney in particular, and see also the new Star Wars film. Yeah, yeah. Disney seem to really, really, really have tapped into this idea that if you get them, if you get characters who just feel like I can imagine spending time with and liking spending time with that person in my actual life then they're on board with a huge amount of stuff. And that is one of Frozen's great successes. I think it's most pronounced with the two women in it. I think it also cuts across all of the other characters as well, but I have more reservations about the way that that's done, Mm. as I'll get to when we start getting into the the more negative side of things. But the stuff with those two characters is great. Mm -hmm. And of course, the fact that thematically it ends up being about familial love between two sisters... And that ends up being the real key to the story rather than true love in the romantic sense. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the twist of the film. It's an odd journey to get there of the film having to define what they mean by love all the way. And when you get to the end and you realise that that's kind of what the twist is or what the theme is, it it makes sense. Uh, But before I knew that, the first time I saw it, it felt like a strange journey of being like, this is what love is. And different people saying, love is this. And you're going... What is it? Is yeah. it? Because it hasn't been any of them yet. So it felt like a very strange... Why to... do you keep explaining yeah, this as yeah. well? It's... Yeah. It is an odd journey, but when it gets there and when it lands with the ending, it's good. Yes. And and it's new. It's Yeah, it was new. It felt like... We'd never thought before that it was needed, but when you saw it, you, you thought it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like, oh, it's about time that they addressed... Because I think part of the problem that this film solved was that love as a general concept which is a huge wide thing that yeah. our species has never quite figured out yeah 
had been figured out in the Disney canon, and as a yeah. culture, we'd kind of accepted theirs as the mainstream one. And that it, that it is the romantic love between... Sorry, no, the first flush of yes. romantic love yeah. between a man and a woman. Almost the first couple of days. Yeah, basically. Up until the point where you decide that you are going to become a couple. Yes. That is... Yes. Love. Yeah. No treatment of relationships yeah. of any kind. And really. even attempts to subvert that, including Shrek, basically came down to, to the, the same, same thing. conclusion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair to Shrek, mm-hmm. over the course of the sequels, they ah. they did more work actually touching on other aspects of right. love and what human relationships look like after you get together. Okay. Than I think Disney have ever done. Right. Admittedly, they didn't do it brilliantly a lot of the time and most of for example the dealing with parenthood just was an excuse for baby vomit Mm. jokes Mm. but there was an attempt to do that and disney are still lagging way behind on that frozen helps frozen helps a lot though well it opens the door to having these discussions in future films yeah they can't now just go back no they have to they have to be addressing a more fluid opinion of what love means yeah. from now on. If they're going to be be making this many freaking films about love, <laughs> yeah. this will hopefully be the first, you know, step one of a much richer and more broad based hmm. conversation. And it will always be the moment. It'll be the, the finishing line crossed in one thing and the start of another thing. Absolutely. And Frozen will always have its place in history for that reason. Yeah. And it's the great, great work on those two characters we have to thank for that. That's why I describe that as the first of the two main pillars that prop this whole thing up. Right. The other one is the music. The music. I mean, this has to be, even if only on the basis of one song, yeah. the most successful Disney soundtrack of all time. <sighs> so certainly for decades. Yeah. For decades. I mean, since, I don't think... Th- since The Lion King? Yeah. And it's yeah. never going to erase any of those, but I think this will be the one that... In ten years' time, yeah, it will be the album everyone had. Yes, of course. Of course it will be. I would have thought, when I was a kid, that the soundtracks to those films, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, yeah. were that. But not many people actually had the soundtrack, whereas I feel like most kids probably have this soundtrack, yeah. or at least let it go. I feel as though, at very least, The Lion King was that. Yeah. Because The Lion King was huge, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hence the fact that the Broadway show is still... Yeah. A blockbuster yep. today. Don't underestimate the power of the Lion King. If, if the, you know, if <laughs> Disney have one brand that still is as strong yeah. commercially as a rival to Frozen, it is the Lion King. Yeah, yeah. But certainly, short of the Lion King, yeah, it's mm. Frozen all the way. And like you said, we'll talk in more specific terms about individual songs mm-hmm. when we get to really deep diving into the specifics of the movie. But the thing that really sells the songs of Frozen just as a on a stylistic basis is they're so sincere mm-hmm. they're just so sincere in a way that even tangle I, I like the music in tangle yeah i like them more i like the music in tangle more than most the music in- me too although i have trouble remembering what it is it, yeah it's not all it's not the most memorable the opening song and yeah. the song in the snuggly duckling that's currently all i can think of oh and of course mother knows mother, best. mother knows best yeah is there any more? I see the light. I, I saw the oh, light. Yes, yeah. of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which I like a lot. Yes, it's me a too. very pretty song. It's not the most memorable song, but when no. you're when you're in the moment, it's lovely. Yeah. Most of the rest of the songs they've done in recent movies where they've had songs, yep. I felt like again, they were caught a little bit in between two stools of like, we want to have songs, but we also want to be a bit revisionist about 
the songs. Yeah, we're a bit have. embarrassed about musicals. Now. Yeah, exactly. So even if we're going to do songs, we're going to do the songs with a bit of a wink. And we're going to do songs that feel different a little bit from the songs we've had before. We're not going to have big belting ballads sung to Rose Ed of the uh, inevitable Broadway adaptation. You know, we're going to have like little stripped down acoustic things or we're going to have like some New Orleans jazz kind of thing you know and people like yeah all right then when they made frozen it's just like for this one why don't we just do big belting broadway numbers everyone's like yes yes big belting broadway numbers where have you been ah (laughs) like and bought the album in the millions and gave it the oscars and that cuts through to the point and this to revisit a point that i said i was going to revisit I can't claim credit for this point. I read it in an article just the other day. Okay. If you look at Frozen, it almost looks like it's staged for the purpose of being easily adaptable into oh, yeah. a stage show. Absolutely agree with that. In yeah. terms of you were complaining about the use of um, environments and the use of setting and the fact that Arendelle doesn't necessarily oh. feel like a real expansive place. To me, that feels like because it's because they're trying to yeah. keep all of the main actions in locations mm. and staging, you know, like keep them staged so that they can be on the stage. Yeah, you know, and that also speaks to why they keep they keep doing something in this film which felt really weird, but which will feel completely natural on the stage. Yeah, which is once they've been to a set piece place, yeah, they'll go away and then come back. Yes. So, like, you go back to the Ice Palace, and you go back to other places. I can't but remember the now, second but time, happening. the Ice Palace is lit differently. <laughs> yeah. For a different mood. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. And, like, there's all of the ice tricks I'm, I find myself visualising. Well, how would they do that bit and on the stage? And we don't need to visualise much longer, because they. Ha- I've just been watching a thing. They yeah. are setting it up right now. Of course, now. yeah. Um, it, it, not, the, not like the Broadway musical that it's going to be, but in Disneyland or World or one of those. Yeah. They have the high theatre and that is going to be host to the frozen like broadway musical kind of i feel like it's more like the aladdin thing they had going there for a while they are do they are frozen on stage they are doing a proper frozen they absolutely are and something tells me that this disneyland version will be like well do you know about the one they did for aladdin for instance yes a little bit yeah so they had this thing that was a theater show but it was almost you know you just go and you watch it and you come out it's not full length I suspect that this will be more closely related to the eventual Broadway okay, version. Yeah. I think it'd be almost a tryout for some of the things they're going to use. Yeah. Um, and But anyway, what I do know, having seen the video of them building the set, yeah. is that they have a lot of doors that seem that are like almost like flying around. They have, you know, in the way that this film, keep everyone will keep leaning in and saying, door, they have, yeah. they have that, but with the set. So yeah, be door yeah, over. yeah. Um, they have a big ice chandelier over the audience. Yeah. And what they have that's really interesting is they have a kind of ripply curtain that spreads out from the stage through the audience. Yeah. Which is going to do the Northern Lights are going to be on that. So right. They're going to sort of yeah. okay. shine something across those. Yeah. Um, so there you go. We've got a sneak peek soon to be found on YouTube. Yeah. Um, of what it will be like. I mean, I found myself thinking particularly of like. The, the ending scene where they're all caught in the snowstorm and yeah. staggering from place to place and how perfect for the stage that would be. Because yeah. you can just have everybody walking around in between each other mm. on a, in a kind of stage yeah. environment and use some effect to create the sense of the blizzard around them. It's like, I'm not blowing anybody's mind by saying, oh, I think the music was pretty important in, uh, yeah. in making Frozen a success. But like I say, I think it was the nature of the tone of it. Yeah. Again, it was... 
It was like coming back to a point yeah. where they felt confident to do that Broadway stuff and realizing, oh yeah, turns out everyone does still love that stuff. Mm. And probably secretly they never stopped. And part of that, in the case of this film, yeah. must be because of the, the visible success of Wicked. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you again, can't really escape Wicked yeah. in this. But in, the, but in the same way that now pop culture is going crazy for Hamilton, yeah. then it was Wicked. And yeah. so they must have gone, it's time. Now. Yeah. We do it now. They like musicals again now. In yeah. fact, get her in. Get yeah, her in. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, let's... Do a similar story with similar characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get as close as we can to this <laughs> really, being really? wicked yeah. we without did. infringing any. It's almost like they didn't have the license for wicked. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Star Wars to Wicked's Flash Gordon, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and I mean, now I haven't seen Wicked. Have you seen no, Wicked? Not, have you no. so much as listened to the soundtrack? I think I've heard Defying Gravity. You've heard Defying Gravity, and, yeah. and it's Obviously really similar to Let It Go. Yeah. It's similar in a number of ways. And like yes. in the story, it's similar in a few yeah. ways as well. It's as similar as like the Bare Necessities and Hakuna Matata. Yeah. They're yeah. the same song doing the same thing in a very similar story. You know? yeah. So the world was prepared for musicals. Disney jumped on. And that's yeah. it now. We'll uh, uh, Musicals will be a thing for a while now until yeah. Disney screwed up again, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see how that goes with um, with Moana, which I assume oh, is how yes. we, we pronounce it, because that has music by the Hamilton guy, if I'm not really, if I'm not mistaken, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, right? that's the one. Um, yes, that he's going to be doing the music for that. Well, that's a smash hit then, no matter what happens, unless they screw it up, unless they really screw it up, you know, which they could. Yeah. Maybe Moana is going to be on the Pocahontas. The Pocahontas yeah. listeners, we were making that comparison. For one reason and not another, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would hate it for that reason yeah. if they did that oh, again. Oh, God, if they did it again. It's like, okay. Nobody would... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's like every time... That'd be we... film set back again, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Every time we try and do oh. a film about a non-white woman, <laughs> we balls it off. You know? Oh, God, they did it with Princess and the Frog. I mean, oh, not, it wasn't their fault no, that it, time. the film was a success as film, yeah. but not... In the way that means that Hollywood follows it and Disney, this Careful is not now. a problem with non-white women, all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep trying. It's the same worry as with Ghostbusters, isn't it? If it's yeah. rubbish, everyone's going to think it's because women are rubbish. In yeah. Films. It's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. So fingers crossed for Moana, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, God. Because they they were so careful, I, like I think that's why. Oh, Pocahontas they were asphyxiatingly careful with Pocahontas. Yeah, and I think that's why it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, what if they do that with those? Ah, oh, come on now! It's the Hamilton guy, and it's yes. it's, it's Clements and Musker, isn't it? Is it? I think so. Yeah. Oh well, then it's fine. Like just any concern I had has <laughs> just dissolved. Really? Yeah. Is it? I think it. I think it's their first CGI film. Okay. If I'm if I have that correct. Okay. I mean, mind you, I mean it, it's been a while since we heard from them. Maybe maybe they've lost their touch and well, they, they, I mean, they did Princess they and the did Frog. Princess, yeah, but they, yeah, but it's been a while. Uh, seven years. So maybe they've gone senile since then. Yeah. Come on, look, you guys, you got to nail this. You got <laughs> you to nail this. So much, so many reasons. But if they nail it, yes, it will be huge. Yeah. It will be huge, and that will knock in the nail of like, yep, yep. musicals, Disney musicals. Mm. They're okay. Mm. Everybody come in. Mm. Do you know if Gigantic is one? I don't know anything about Gigantic, really. Yeah. 
Music of Frozen. Yeah, well, regardless of what we individually might think of the songs yes. as they go through, yes. they're a tremendous success. Yes. Clearly. They very, very, I mean, empirically, objectively... Yes did their job, yes. and in Let It Go, they have an unquestionable masterpiece. Yes. An unquestionable masterpiece yep. of film music. Yeah, I love Let It Go, yep. and I've not been overexposed to it, nope. to the point of disliking it yet. Me neither. Now, I'm not a parent, I understand many of them have. <laughs> yes. But I've heard it a lot of times, yep. obviously. Everything about it is successful. Yes, both as a song and as a sequence. Yeah, oh god, yeah, absolutely. It's Every- a beautiful sequence. Yeah. All the moments in it are exa- explicitly well-picked. Yes. And directed. Really, the only criticism of the song that I've heard that, that, that the person making it has ever really meant it is one which I see their point, and it's technically right, but I don't think it's a bad thing, which is that it fits that chord sequence that a ton of successful songs have. But that's a thing that point not 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 one percent of music theory nerds care about. Exactly. And the rest, the reason that they care about it the reason it's been discovered is yeah. because of how successful a formula it is. Yeah. I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think no. they accidentally like wrote a song that was like other songs. They... Oh no, we accidentally wrote an incredibly universally appealing yeah. song to be the emotional centerpiece of the biggest animated film of all time. Exactly. And every single person who complains about the fact that it does that has a favourite song that is that. Yeah, or they have based their entire identity around the fact that they don't. (laughs) But they do, because when you see, you know when people like post the, uh, there are a few different songs people have done of like, here's what every song goes like, and then they sing through a load of songs that have the same chord sequence. Yeah. Loads of the songs in those are on that because we we love at least one of the songs on that list. Everyone watching it has one that they connected with. And their dad was annoyed that they were into a song that was like, no, they're just listening to the song I like. Yeah. And their dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone has that chord sequence in their life and it's not a problem. It's no. a good thing. Exactly. Because it's a good one. It's a good chord sequence. And then, but also they use the trick of, um, what's the line just before the cold never bother me anyway? Like the storm rage on. That. Yeah. That's the point at which they diverge from that chord sequence in a in a way that, that hits you. Yeah. And you go, oh, that was interesting. Yes. Yes. And that's that's the trick they've used. You use familiar stuff so that you can then subvert it. Like what, the film. <laughs> why they then took that out of the pop song version in the credits and just put another let it go, let it go in its place, I can't quite tell you, but whatever. Well, we can all agree, mm. I think, every man, woman, and child across the land, <laughs> that the Demi Lovato version of it <laughs> is a tire fire. <laughs> and I wouldn't have gone that far, but I would have said... No one cares about it. Yes. And the actual in-film version was a smash hit. Yeah. So why... Does that version even exist? Honestly, I feel as if there's a there's a re-release Blu-ray in the future, or Blu-ray, whatever, re-release release in yeah. the future, that just the credits just has Adina Menzel just yeah. there on screen singing it. It might even be a pop version yeah. Or yeah. by oh, Adina Menzel. why didn't they give her the pop version to do? I don't freaking know. <laughs> I think maybe they didn't realise how much everyone would love yeah. Adina Menzel for some reason. You know what? Well, that's the thing. She was a huge star. But what I do think is that she was a huge star, but they've used huge Broadway stars before. That's and nobody true. has even known. Yes. I now don't know what the career of... I don't even know her name, who played Belle and is a huge Broadway star. Paige O'Hara? Okay. Yeah. She was a Broadway star, right? I think so, yes. She was a something star, and I think it was Broadway. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what she was in. No. I know that Judy Kuhn from um, Pocahontas, Pocahontas was 
in the Le Mis cast recording. Really? Well, she was in the she in the in the Dreamcast recording. She's um Cosette, you know, adult Cosette. Is she really? Is yeah. that her? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was her. Yeah, that's her. Huh, never knew that. And then Leia Salonga, obviously. Well, I knew she was there. I yeah. didn't realise it was like just a gaggle of Disney princesses oh, yeah, standing no, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Check that out again. I will, I'll be watching that again, yeah. <laughs> um, now you've given it back. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know I'd lent it you. I just thought I'd lost it. Yeah, well, I've now returned it just in time. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you didn't already have that. I do. I've oh. lost my copy. Oh, that was it. It was just yes. in a box. Yeah. So, I'm, so you just borrowed mine. Yeah. To be fair, it was closer to hand. It was, Yeah. <laughs> We're editing this out, right? Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. the music of Frozen. It's good, isn't it? It's really good. But here's my thing I was going to say in yeah. an overarching sense. It is really good, but it does not have a single identity among itself in the no. way that some other musicals of, that Disney have done. It seems to have had. turned that into a virtue. Yeah. I mean, by its popularity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, that's the thing. I can't... Anything I could say about any aspect of this film it doesn't matter because it's very, very popular. But what I would say is that I, I specifically want to point out the reprise of First Time in Forever yeah. as being in no way related in any way to Love is an Open Door. Like, yes. that's not from the same musical. No. Or Fixer Upper. Yeah. I mean, I have words about Fixer oh, Upper. Oh, <laughs> I've... Wait till you see the length of the essay I'm simply going to read out about Fixer Upper. <laughs> I have a lot to say. That's all, probably 90% of why I, we're doing this. <laughs> is so that I can rant about Fixer Upper. But, but, but. It is clearly the whole, as a soundtrack, very successful at yeah. what it's at. Let It Go is the encapsulation of everything that's successful yep. about, not just the soundtrack, the film. Yeah. I talked about this being one pillar. The other pillar is Anna and Elsa. Those two things dovetail in Let It Go. And Let It Go is a scene of legendary, you know, like, just craft. Let it's, It Go is the reason no one remembers there was a trailer for this film. Let It Go is yeah. the marketing for this film. Exactly. It is everything about the characters, everything that's good about the characters, the emotion, the thematic depth, the musical accomplishment, the visual splendour. All of it comes to a head in Let It Go. It's a brilliant scene. And it's made the film legendary. I think both of our problem is that the rest of the film only sporadically lives up to yeah. let it go. Yeah. And now we move on to the list. <laughs> and you say you are more inclined to talk about this film in a sort of bitty sort of way. Yeah. I say that's fair game yeah. with Frozen because of the fact that I talk here about pillars. Most well-constructed films do have these pillars, but then they build... An intricate structure that is held up by these pillars. Mm -hmm. Frozen, I feel like, is two pillars surrounded by rubble. Or varying quality of rubble. Yeah. You know, you can sift through that rubble and find some really cool stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's coherently built around these two amazing structures in the middle of it. Yeah. And that bothers me and has always bothered me. Yeah. And it's not true of a lot of the John Lasseter era Disney oh, yeah. films. Yeah. I'd, in fact, I would say Frozen is the film that is most guilty of it. And I think that kind of like ramshackle nature has made it, it's contributed to its popularity in a way because it's, it means there's something in there for everyone. It's like a pick and mix. Yeah. But, it does mean that, A, I don't necessarily think it's always coherent, and B, I think you're going to get people who are going to have varying levels of time and patience for the varying aspects of the film. Yes. Which is the case for both of us. Yes. 
That's all for the first part of our enormous unburdening of Frozen thoughts, and I'm sure you're wondering what else there could possibly remain left to say after that extensive overview. However, there's plenty we've left out, including a lot of chat about the individual songs in the film, each and every one of which we discuss at unreasonable length. But then there are our nitpicks, of which we do have many, some of which will inspire awe and revulsion in any fan of the film. Please join us in part two as we begin to delve into the film scene by scene and reveal our frozen hearts. If you love Frozen and need to yell at us for being so horrible about it, then we are Serious Disney on Twitter, or if you're one of those people from the distant past who still use email, then seriousdisney at gmail.com.